0: (音楽)
1: Hello, everyone. This is your always tactful host, Pendy. And this is Paul, also known as East X Twitch. Pendy, Strash. Pendy, Strash. Uh, what are you doing over there? Oh, I'm... I'm just working on my latest sword technique. It's the pendy strash. Don't so you mean the Avon strash? Nah, it's the pendy strash. It's my own particular technique. Next, I'll be working on my pengante. You mean megante? I don't think that's a good idea. Ah, you worry too much. What could possibly, what could possibly go wrong? Okay, watch this. Pengante! Are, are you, are you all right? <coughs> oh my God. <coughs> oh. oh, okay. You are right. <laughs> that was that was a horrible that was a horrible idea. That's what you get for vaping. Anyway, while Penny
0: pulls himself together, I'll go ahead and welcome you all to Tactfully Die, a slime time podcast spin-off that will cover just about everything in the world of Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Die,
1: and the Dragon Quest Tact mobile game. <coughs> Sorry. That's right. We'll discuss the latest and, oh, my ribs, and greatest with Dragon Quest TACT first. That's right. Let's talk some TACT. Candy. how did you do in the three
0: in-game events that just ended?
1: Man, you know, I did pretty well, but... Man, I have a story about uh, those Hyunkle stages. So I ended up getting to Hyunkle level 20, and I was able to uh, figure out like what I needed to do to conquer it. Because the basic strategy calls for Dual Magus, and I don't have that character. So I, I tried to see if there was anybody else that I could maybe use to... Take care of that because magus has like uh, some. I think he uses like the ability where he, he can uh, make squares, do damage, and stuff like that. I think that's a big part of it. And plus, he's he he, does, he can't get attacked for a while. But anyways, I used uh, Yangus, Seraphi, and Saurus whereas a lot of people like to call it Arenasaurus because it was such a good arena monster for so long. So I used those three. I, I alluded to it last week. I had one of the monsters wrong, but those are the three that you needed to use that you could you know, long-term come up with a strategy to beat Hyunko level 20. So basically you kind of do some things you you shuffle some people around but eventually you get it to where the Halbidsaurus is will take the brunt of all the attacks while Seraphi will heal him heal him in the background and, but so you basically you're going to drain Yunkel's magic until he has no more magic left. Well, the problem with this it takes it took me 60 about 66 turns before he ran out of magic. That's a lot <laughs> of turns. Yeah, that's a lot of turns, uh, a lot of patience. I ended up when I was doing the strategy, I was listening to some uh, some uh, Dragon Quest uh, podcast at the same time. I, I caught up on some Slime Time, uh, part of the uh, part of the stew that we're in, the Slime Time Extended Universe that we're now, now a part of, and I caught up on some Dragon Quest FM as well. But any anywho, so I you know, get up to where it's 66. He just run out of magic. He starts to charge towards you. You kind of have to. Make sure that he doesn't go after Seraphie and kind of surround him, or else he'll take out Seraphie. And then you can slowly kind of chip away at his health until you can finally take him down, and Seraphie still uh, does some things in the background. So I did that, and that still takes a long time, and he actually heals at some point, automatically heals at some point, too. So then you got to get, get him back down. I got back to, I think it was like the final turn. It was like turn 99, and I got the little coffin symbols saying that, hey, I can kill him with this final attack. I go to attack. Guess what happens? What? so someone guessed before that oh you missed and that's a possibility because sometimes halberdsaurus would miss but no he has that auto revive ability so he auto revived and that was the end of the turn and that's when i learned the hard way that if you go over 99 turns in a mission in a stage i mean uh that's that's game over i did not know that (laughs) that stinks Yeah, so I ended up doing it again. I was a glutton for punishment, and I did a better strategy where, as I was chipping away his health, I made sure to do uh, better use of Yangus's tension with the uh, abilities that he had left to do MP with before he just had to do regular attacks. I used a lot of nitty-gritty with Seraphie, and this way, uh, it was in the low 90s when I finally got him down to almost dying, and then he ended up auto-reviving twice before I finally took him down, but I had him uh, down enough that I was able to do it before 99 turns had had come up. <laughs> Tough, but failed. 99 turn, 99 turns and a yunkle on a wall. <laughs> oh goodness. So I was able to conquer that stage. It really wasn't worth it, but it was interesting. It was, it was. Uh, I don't think I'd ever do something like that again. But it was fun. And, uh, like I said, I got a lot of good uh, pod catching up on podcasting while I was uh, while I was doing it. So I just wasn't just doing that completely. I was, I was. Uh, Doing other things, but it was good.
0: Congratulations on the victory. So, am I to understand that you had a harder time with that stage because you didn't have a dual Magus? Yes. So, basically, you were forced to step down and try to win with only a single Magus.
1: Ah. <laughs> I mean, that's what it sounds like. You got me. Yes, that's uh, basically, basically.
0: <laughs> but, you know, you got farther than I did because I did manage to clear Hyuncle 19, which nice. was, yeah, I mean, that was trouble enough. And this is with a dual megas, I believe. I forget. I don't know. But anyway, I beat 19, tried 20 a few times, and it wasn't working out. And I just, I ran out of time, you know. And... Um, That's what always happens to me is like, you know, I put things off because the ultra hard content is unpleasant. You know, it's like, like you described, it's not really fun to have to do that. And I kind of wish they wouldn't lean into it so much. And it really pisses my fiance off, you know, like, um, again, I think things should be designed to be fun and not just battles of attrition like that. But, you know, at least I'd be 19, which is what I needed in order to get the, the orb to rank up Baron. you know? So like, I got the important thing from it. Like, I don't think 20 had... Well, I mean, you would get more of the stuff, so you could get more hero crystals or something, but it wasn't the most important thing in the world.
1: Yeah, and I ended up doing the opposite. I treat the crystals like liquid gold, and so I always almost always go after the crystals, because I cause you can get a dupe with that and that's really that can be really useful later on um so i ended up doing the the dupe i mean the crystals instead of that so i was able and normally that would not be a problem because i had all of the dye iridescent orbs or just dye orbs um except for that last one that you would get from doing like a perfect uh hyuncle on that level because i only got one one uh one of the three was it stars or whatever for that mission? Yeah. So I didn't, but I had, cause remember I had all the die characters. So I had like die and Hadler and, and all the other S characters that needed those die orbs. And I was able to get them all maxed out to seven, but uh, not the regular Baron because that was that last, it was hidden behind that last wall. But if you notice, they just came out with that notice that you can swap regular orbs for a die orb So if I want to get him up to level 7, I can use a regular iridescent orb eventually and do that if I want to.
0: That's true. And speaking of which, I know that some of the people in my guild are disappointed that it's only a one-way swap. Apparently, when this feature had been teased at the beginning of the event, they made it sound like you would be able to swap one kind of orb for the other, and vice versa. But that's not the case. It's like you can t- take a regular iridescent orb and change it into the die kind, but not the other way around. So people who didn't get all of the dye units may be left with those extra orbs.
1: Yeah, basically it's one of those um, honeypot situations with just trying to, to make, motivate you to get those banner units because if you were to get perfect on everything you would have just enough die orbs to max out everyone to uh level seven for every s die character and but but like you said if you don't get all the if you didn't get all the banner units then you'd have yes you would you most likely have some die orbs left over which until you eventually get those banner units are going to be completely useless and hopefully they'll do a you know one of those um what do you encore? call it? Yeah, encore events where it comes back. I hope so.
0: Yeah, supposedly it hasn't come back in Japan yet, which is interesting, but it doesn't mean it won't ever, ever come back. So we'll
1: true. Reminiscence—that's the word we were looking for. There you go. Reminiscence events, but yeah, those don't come out until like much, much later. So I think they'll—I think we'll see it eventually, but it, it's a very long time before you see a reminiscence events uh, yeah. event again. So hopefully we'll, we'll see that. So yeah, we're looking it, at six months or more. Oh yeah probably probably not for like a year. It'll be like the next die it'll be like the next die event before we see it again. <laughs> but oh well. I think you're uh, right. In- <laughs> anyway, did you clear the heroes? Yes, I did do that. Uh, both the uh, hero fights I did clear.
0: That's good. I did as well, which which was very satisfying. But unfortunately, again, my fiance, I tend to help her with the harder content because she doesn't have the patience for it. And I kind of don't even blame her because sometimes the fights are just BS. But anyway, I wasn't able to help her beat it. Her team, like, uh, they just didn't quite have enough DPS for it to work. And I tried for, like... Two and a half hours I tried all these different combinations, you know, like swapping out different units while trying to stick to this general strategy from one of the videos, you know. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, we just had to give up, which
1: is a real shame. And, you know, a lot of these events, some some of the like the especially the EX stages sometimes they are just more for bragging rights than anything else and they don't really have big rewards like at most they'll have like a fancy rainbow icon for a certain character or something like that and it's just like it's just like a one-time use icon thing uh, not one-time use but it's just like that's one little thing like oh you can change your icon to it and you know oh well not but, even a big deal right right exactly not even a big deal so i like that while they do have these incredibly hard ex events that can that can uh, sometimes be beyond the reach of someone's abilities it's not something that's really required to do anything important in in the game most of the time like i ignored i ignored the baron ex fights i didn't have time to to sit down and and try and figure those out and the uh what was the they had the fight where you um you could use a a character only once as you went through all the fights and armor only once as you went through a fight that whatever that's called Um, i went through that and i got everything except for the ex fights i beat one of the ex rounds and i was able wasn't able to win any any letters so I, but i was like yeah that's okay the rewards aren't worth it for me to try and figure this out for some reason i, I was determined to beat he uncle 20 but <laughs> that was my that was my one thing
0: <laughs> i nothing wrong with aiming for the sky i i hate to say it but i didn't even attempt the sorrow's tower type one that you just described you know the one where you can only use each unit once like i just would have needed more time for it and the fact that we had three different events going on at once you uh, know yeah. like that just pulled me away if if it had only been that one event, then I would have gotten around to it, surely. But it just wasn't to be this time.
1: And I believe the the biggest thing that you got from that particular event, those missions, was uh, Popnika copies of the sword. I mean, uh, copies of the Popnika knife. I think that was like the biggest reward you got for completing those, if huh. I remember. Not so a that huge was, deal. Yeah. Yeah. So if you weren't like a big... If you weren't big on that knife and you didn't have dye then it's not like a huge thing. And there's other ways to there's other ways to get copies of that too. But that was like one of the easier ways to get copies. I think I think that was one of the easier ways of getting copies of that knife was doing those those stages.
0: Yeah, you know, I bet it would have been fun if I'd had the time for it. That's enough talking about the dye event. Why don't you tell us about the
1: current event? Yeah, the new event that just started is the Dragon Quest 11 event. We're currently in part 1 of this event with Jade and other various monsters as the free units with uh, Veronica and Jarvis and the banner units i'm currently max hearts for dora and gray that's a a level unit that you can farm she's highly rated in japan and even has a move that can often lock an enemy spells and physical moves and i say often which is great because some of these abilities that you get uh like poison or locking someone's moves or something like that they read the description it says like oh it'll rarely affect an enemy at this actual this uh Ability actually says we'll do it often. So that's really it's a really good move. So I can see why she's rated so high. I'm at four hearts with her now. And then probably after that I will farm some more claws for Jade to get to some more copies. What about be? What about you?
0: Not bad. Well, about an ability activating often, that means it has a sixty percent chance of activating. I believe I Oh, right oh I didn't know I that. It. That's great. Yeah, so that's a very high chance, yeah. Yes. But anyway, in the current events, let's see, I've got Dora and Gray at four and a half hearts, so I'm almost there. I actually, for a day or two, I stopped and just farmed rank up materials because I'm dangerously low on irises. So that's that's not a fun place to be because when we don't have a, a rank up event boosting the drop rate, the drop rate is just really terrible and you have to burn a lot of stamina to, to get them, you know, just for oh, yeah. the chance of getting
1: them. Yeah, I've been there before. Yeah, it sucks.
0: <laughs> Indeed. And during the die event, there was a package you could buy, you know, for like, I don't know, 30 bucks or something where You got 50 irises, and I couldn't say no to that because I really needed the irises, but I'm afraid they're all gone by now because I just really like to rank up all my units. You know, like I'm always chasing those
1: master levels. Nice. I actually went for that, too. That was the one thing that I got that I bought from the uh, from the items that you could buy was I I got that uh, because I wanted because I got uh, Christmas Christmas time uh, Alina, Christmas cool. Alina. So I was like, oh, I want to get her. I want to get her to level up right away. So I ended up buying the orb and the uh, and the irises, which are always super valuable. Because if you rank up your people, like, yeah, you're going to burn through those pretty fast most of the time.
0: Definitely. And by the way, I finally got Christmas Alina as well. But oh, my gosh, she was expensive. So for my birthday at the beginning of May, I, you know, I got a like um, $85 Google Play gift card. So, yeah, I spent it on the biggest gems package. And just did, you know, just did 10 pulls on her. But then I didn't get her. So that's a, kind of the problem with, like, using a, a gift towards towards pulls in a gacha game is you may just not get anything and it ends up being kind of frustrating so yeah in the end I had to I think I bought a total of three of the biggest gem packages just to be able to get her on the 15th friggin 10 pool you know like the game has really been messing with me it just I don't know why you know it's something about like whether players spend money and how much they play or something in my opinion because you know it's not factual but Uh, Yeah, this is like the second time lately that I've had to go all the way to 15, 10 pulls. And I mean, I just wish they wouldn't do that because like it's not sustainable for me as a player and it does not make me like the game anymore. It's only
1: frustrating. Well, I mean, you do got to sometimes kind of bring it in a little bit and kind of pause and be like, oh, do I really need every character or every awesome character that comes along? You just got to make some decisions and be like, you know what, I'm going to hold off a little bit. I did that. I'm doing You're that right. with Eleven. There's no one that I'm really shooting for in Eleven. Like Veronica is a super good mage. Totally but I'm, I'm like, you know what? I, I went for Christmas time, Alina. Um, I I did that at the very end. I got lucky. I did it in like six pulls. Um, but I'll probably wait until we get uh, the, the uh, dark elf form of Pizarro before I start pulling again for somebody like that. And that's presumably a few months off. Yeah, I think that should I think he'll show up in uh, around July time frame because I think he shows up around the one point five anniversary, if I remember right.
0: Gotcha. And you're right. You just you have to pick your battles with these Mm -hmm.
1: banners and decide whether you're going to fight with the
0: game or not to try to get them. And um, yeah, perhaps arbitrarily, I decided that I just wanted that dang Santa Elena, you know. And no,
1: I don't I don't I don't blame you. Santa Alina is amazing because she has bounced for like her first three turns. So that's like really good. And it's it's just another great Alina character because the first Alina character, especially fully blossomed, is like super great. So to have so, another one to complement that, like, ooh, watch out.
0: Yeah, so cool. And, uh, you know, I like Christmas anyway, so the, you know, the characters in the Christmas outfits, that really appeals to me. And plus, after a certain point, like, say you've done, like, oh, nine or ten, ten pulls, you know, and it's like, well, it's not that far to get to the 15th one.
1: So the sunk cost fallacy <laughs> kicks in. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> and then you just keep going and, like, why did I do this? Yeah, and then you have ex- buyer's, buyer's remorse.
0: A bit. You know, I haven't really gotten a chance to do much with her yet, because, like, for one thing, I I can't upgrade her abilities because it never gives you know the game has not given us any ability tome events in quite a while so like you're probably in the same situation where your character's abilities are a little under leveled
1: oh so i've been burning through gems doing extra missions um to get extra stamina like i'll get to like i i can't do what some people do uh through our facebook group where like they'll max it out but i'll do it where it's like 40 extra gems or 60 extra gems and then it pops up to like 100 extra gems and like oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not doing that i'll, I'll never a lot. <laughs> do that but i've been doing that a lot recently to get some tomes and some rank up materials mostly for for santa alina and then also for the what we're going to talk about later with the the guild tournament i'm using baron And I want his abilities to be plus 10. So I went and did a lot of tome battles for that. I was hoping, like you, I was hoping for those times two events that they were giving us a lot in the past. But after, after a while, I just gave up. I was like, I don't know. This is it's been like it seems like it's been a month since they've done one and I don't know when they're going to do one again so I'm just going to have to bite the bullet and I'll use some extra stamina and I'll go for it cuz I I can't wait any longer so I went ahead and did it so I was yeah, like oh
0: well I would say it's been 6 weeks or so like yeah it's it, been too long easily more than a month if if you told me it was 2
1: months I wouldn't be surprised
0: but yeah. um but yeah similarly I did burn a lot of stamina just to get Jessica's mage masher move I think it's called all the way up to oh. 10
1: yeah, that makes sense. That's a very valuable move. And it, it comes into play for a lot of strategies to beat some of the harder levels. So that makes sense.
0: Indeed. So yeah, at least I needed to have that up there. But
1: you know, mm-hmm. Jessica is
0: a great mage unit. And a little while ago, you mentioned Veronica, who is also a very strong mage unit. Mm-hmm. And what makes her so good is that she has a Chance to cast a spell twice with her ability enchanting echo, which comes with her first awakening.
1: Yeah, that's right. And if you get more dupes for her, the chance of that goes up. I think it adds like ten percent after three dupes or something like wow. that. If you if you go that high, and I think it goes up again uh, a, a second time if you get even more dupes of her. Not that I ever go that high with banner characters. I think the <laughs> I think a ban- the most I've the most I've ever done with a banner character with dupes. I've got three hearts on Nocturnus, and that's like the most I. I think that's the most I've gone with like. A, a like a not one of the regular s characters but like a actual like banner character yeah uh, but yeah and also there is uh jade who is a solid free unit that is now our second unit that has the charm ability after uh, jessica being the first one. Oh yeah and uh Also, in this event, you can battle Morgan as a mega boss battle. It's interesting because they have him in his final boss form where he's in two parts, and those two parts will split, and unless you knock him out right away... One of the parts will back away so that you can't attack it, so you can only attack one part at a time. And both of those parts have different weaknesses and strengths, so you you face kind of a different enemy as one backs away and one's up front.
0: Yeah, this is definitely a different kind of mega boss battle with its own unique strategy, which is really cool. I haven't gotten all the way to ten yet. I think I'm at like, I don't know, seven or eight. So I need to spend
1: more time with that as well, as with everything. How far along are you? So I am about – yeah, I'm at uh, – I just beat stage 11, and I muscled my way through stage 11, and I barely won that with just uh, one round of keys with three keys. So I don't want to waste my keys. So I in the future, I'll see what the different strategies out, are out there on YouTube to see what – are the most efficient ways to take them down because I don't want to just burn through my keys when I don't have to. Okay. And plus, especially for this, even though they are, they they do seem to be very generous with the keys, more so than they have in the past, which we'll explain here why in a minute. But they also had the mega bot, the mega boss battle times five challenge, where you actually have to use 15 keys to do one of those challenges, and they so unlock. Many keys. Oh yeah, a lot, 15 keys, and they get unlocked after uh, beating Stage 5, Stage 10, Stage 15, and Stage 20. From from what I read, they're not any more difficult than their mirrored uh board so like say you go like you beat stage 15 and then then you unlock times 5 15 it's supposed to be the same difficulty but i guess the rewards are a lot higher because it takes more keys to do or something like that i've okay. only done the times the the level 5 one it, it didn't really seem to give me much but maybe maybe when i do the time ta- the 10 one it'll be more noticeable i hope it at least warrants the number of
0: keys that it costs You know, like the reward is commensurate with the key cost. Right,
1: right. And then it's probably a better strategy to not necessarily, especially if you um, struggle to get keys and you're worried about that. One of the final orbs that you can get is... I think from beating level 20. So, cuz you get the different orbs from beating different levels. Oh. So you probably want to knock out level level 20 before you do the times 5 challenge if you're worried about that.
0: Oh yeah, actually for level 20 wasn't it it was
1: Jade's final awakening crystal, I believe is what's tied to that. Oh okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. That that might be as well cuz there's two things going on because <laughs> there is the um what do you call it? There's the special mission, and then there's the Jade Awakening. So there's two two things going on when you're trying to do different levels and things like that. But remember with the special missions, you and collect the orbs like you do in Dragon Quest Eleven, and it's the blue orb. That's the final one that I'm missing. uh, That will give you a thousand of those Mortigan coins. And oh, and also that's why you get a free iridescent orb if you collect all the the if you collect all the orbs and you get a free iridescent orb. So that's important. Yes. So that's tied to level 20, I believe. And it may be tied to that Jade thing as well. I haven't checked that out.
0: No, one thing is tied to level 15, the other is tied to 20.
1: Oh, okay. That makes sense. Gotcha. So I should be getting that soon. That'll be cool. Mm -hmm.
0: So, in addition to the Mega Boss battles, we have a new thing that has sort of just started, or at least it's about to start, and that's Guild Tournaments. That's right. Yeah, so we're in the sign-up phase or the setup phase at this point, which I think will last two more days from our recording. And then the actual tournament starts. So what I'm a little fuzzy on how this works, as many of us are, because this is the first time it's happened. But basically, you need a certain number of members of your guild to sign up for this, to go into the, the sign-up phase. And they actually have to choose a team that will be their
1: defensive team and maybe also their offensive team, I guess. I've asked around about that, and supposedly, yes, that your what you pick as your defensive team will also be your offensive team. Could be wrong, but that's what I've been told by other people more in the know than I am. Gotcha.
0: And so it, it seems like you have to put some thought into kind of general purpose you know like you can't have yours tailored to only work against this one particular banner unit because what if they go up against somebody who doesn't have that banner unit right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you have to consider resistances and the like the strengths of your team and all that so um yeah i'm in the middle of deciding on what my team
1: should be do you have yours selected i do Uh, like i was saying one of them is baron so i'm just doing my final setup with that so i have uh, what is it? I'm going to use Baran and I'm going to use Hellsguard Vera as part of my team. I wish I and, had her. Oh, she's really good. I got lucky and got like a lot of dupes of her. That's another uh, unit that I have three three hearts on her. And she's has, well her, her, ad, her agility is super quick. And she has a her main attack uh, attacks in a T pattern so it can take out a lot of enemies all at once or at least damage a lot of enemies all at once and it's not tied to a specific element it's just a basic attack so it's just based off her regular strength so that'll be good for this for sure yes oh so anyways so i've got like i said i've got hellsguard vera i've got baron squidzilla king she slime and then that left me to be able to do an a unit as well to round out my five so then i picked a red robin hood so he kind of hits like a truck for an a unit so i ended up oh yeah taking him So that should be interesting. And what's you know this whole you know guild system is quite the ordeal. It should be interesting because you have to communicate with each other. Uh, I mean, you don't have to, but it would help a whole lot because in these upcoming battles you have to coordinate who fights who effectively. Because basically you're going to be fighting certain guilds, and you you can only fight somebody once. Uh, There's some certain exceptions where you might uh, have something different, where like if one team has more people than the others, but basically it's like you pick one person to fight and then, once you've picked that person, then another person on your team can't go after that person. They have to go after somebody different. So if I have like one of the strongest teams in my guild and I go after the weakest person in the other guild, that's like complete waste. Because I should have had someone weaker in the guild take out that person while I take out someone stronger. So there's a lot of strategy that can go into it. And that's why I'm disappointed that they don't have the guild chat that they have in the Japanese version. They took it out of the global version because there's just too many languages involved to be able to coordinate that. Uh, I guess. And so if you don't have some kind of discord or something, some kind of similar setup to that, then it can make communication with your guild, well, pretty much impossible. (laughs) So you can't coordinate with everybody like, oh, hey, you take this person and I'll take this person and so on and so forth. So I can see why people were unhappy about that in the post that I saw. In the Dragon Quest Global Facebook group that we run, I can understand why they were very unhappy about not having a guild chat.
0: Yes, it's a real problem. And the the developers should not have cheaped out or wimped out by excluding chat from the global version of the game. You know, I mean, they, they have their excuses, but there are plenty of gotcha games that are localized in English and other languages that do have chat. So it is ah. certainly something that they could have included if they
1: had the will for it. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know how they get around the language barrier with that? Like, I know with DQ Stars, like, we would have the basic stickers that we could use to help each other out. But um, that was how they got around it in Stars. That's better than nothing. That's but I mean, true. like, you can just
0: – typically, they will just let people type in whatever, you know, whatever their phone types in. And, you know, people gravitate towards English, but you may have somebody speaking in a foreign language. But if you're in a guild – then most of your guild members are probably going to speak English, right? Or, or whatever language or whatever your the language guild is built around.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's going to, that's naturally going to happen. Like the, all the, a lot of the Chinese players are going to have Chinese guilds and a lot of the Korean players are going to have other Korean players so that they can more easily communicate. And if they had the guild chat, they could still take advantage of it, like you said. So i yeah, that's, that's too bad. I'm disappointed in that.
0: Yeah. It's a shame because in many ways they run the game really well, but this is clearly a, a player unfriendly decision they've made Mm -hmm. but yeah you mentioned well discord is a way to get around this and i'm sure that's what we're all trying to do you know like i've got my own discord server that i already have for twitch and so i've just integrated guild chat into that with its own channel but the problem is that you know just as the developers were wieners about (laughs) including global chat well people many people are wieners about using a new app or website right in this case mainly app right Mm -hmm. so like yeah we've we've got out of our 60 or so guild members spread across our three guilds well 40 or more of them have signed up for our discord and they joined but you know on a daily basis i would say like 10 of them are actually using it you know Mm -hmm. so you just have this problem like and this is a problem that i've faced, you know, just with my Twitch audience as well over time, is that people will sign up, they'll use it once, and they just never open it again. You know, it's like chat or group chat only works well if everyone participates. Like, Mm -hmm. if, if you just sign up and don't ever do anything, you never give it a chance to entertain you, and you never... You know, you never really contributed in the way that the audience or that the community needed. So anyway, I, I don't want to be too negative, but it is a shame that we have to get people to adjust to using Discord, which is a super, super useful platform. Yeah. And um, yeah, but we're fighting a, a battle there. It's like it's hard enough to just manage the guild tournament and then you have to manage getting your your guild members to remember that their phones can run apps and things, you know, too much trouble.
1: Right. Yeah. It just adds that unnecessary extra step that we could have avoided had the game implemented its own chat.
0: Definitely. But by the way, to everybody who's listening, you know, Discord is really good. I mean, besides the text chat, which is such a a fun, cool thing if everybody participates, it also has voice chat. So like you even could just hop into a voice channel and coordinate with your friends that way if you if you have friends. Like, I mean, it's
1: not like everybody expects everybody to hop into voice chat or something. Right. Yeah. In fact, that reminded me of my stars days because that's how I, ended up, I think that's how I ended up joining the Dragons Den Discord was mm. because of Stars because they would coordinate with each other in the Star and I think that's a big reason why that Dragons Den Discord got created in the first place like someone else started one and it, the kind of the guy disappeared and. And then another person started one, and they mainly started it so they could coordinate Star stuff, from what I understand. And so when I joined, it was great because we would talk to each other, and we'd do battles with each other, and we'd tell each other, like, oh, let's do this, let's do that. And then sometimes we'd even do, like, voice chat stuff. Like, I would I would uh, do the game, and I would um, stream it, and then other people would hop into the voice chat, and we talk to each other as we're trying to battle the the various monsters so it was fun
0: that is cool yeah dragon quest of the stars was co-op and and in fact it, mm-hmm. like you really needed everybody in the team to use their abilities at the right time and all that stuff yes which again could be frustrating at times but <laughs> yeah it totally encouraged real-time coordination so yeah voice chat was great for that yeah before we move on to the anime how did you do in the recent dragon focused arena tournament
1: so I did all right. Uh, I finished in the low 200s. Um, I took advantage of Baran and a full-blossomed uh, boreal serpent to take advantage of the the dragon bonus that you got for using dragon uh, characters from the dragon family. Dragon, dragon, dragon. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> saying dragon. You're starting family. to drag on. I I am. I am. <laughs> Uh, I combined that with a King She-Slime, a Squidzilla, and a Hellsguard Vera. Uh, So that was my basic team for the most part. I did pretty well, like I said, except I had one fight pretty early on, I think maybe in the third round, where I really screwed up and almost died. Uh, I set up my characters incorrectly. It was completely my fault. It wasn't one of those unlucky situations that you get in sometimes where someone gets a critical hit. It was all me that time. But it, it came down at the end of the fight where I had Baran and two of the enemy characters, and he was able to one shot them with his ability, and thankfully he killed them in that one shot, and I was good to go. <laughs> I only got a hundred points for that for that fight. Uh, I'm looking forward, or not looking forward, but I'm uh, I'm enjoying the unrestricted week that we're in right now. Uh, right now, I'm mostly using Alina, Nacht, King she slime, uh, and Hellsguard Vera and Squidzilla. That's uh, my main team. Uh, I, like I said, I just got Christmas Alina, which I want to use her in the future, but I still need to build her up a little bit more before I start using her in the arena as well. How would you do?
0: Well, I did pretty well, I would say. I, I had Dragonoid Baron as my leader the entire time. Like, uh, I really enjoyed getting to use him because he's a cool unit. You know, it, it's great when. It works out that you have the unit upgraded, and here comes a week that encourages you to use it. So besides that, I had Great Dragon and Haldbird Saurus in my team the whole time. Then uh, the other two units I would kind of swap out as necessary. You know, if I could, I had the A-rank Ice Dragon. Uh, is it Boreal Serpent? Yes, Yeah, so I used him when I could, but I didn't always necessarily get to use him, but uh, I did pretty well and I landed in the top 400, which is good for me lately. Like in the olden days, like I, I came in the top 50, but like I said last last episode, things have gotten harder as more and more better units have been introduced. So yeah, I'm happy to come in the top 500 nowadays. Oh, so how many
1: how many gold um was it? What do you get? Gold gold trophies? Do you have? Do you know off the top of your head? What's a gold trophy? <laughs> you get you get one for being in the top 50. If you finish in the top 50, you get a gold trophy.
0: Oh well, I probably have exactly one then.
1: <laughs> oh that's that's a that's how many I have. <laughs> right on. I got in the top 50 once, and I was like, oh yeah, and I've been chasing it ever since, and, and just never get get that uh, get that close i get close to it i'll get like in the between the 60s and the 80s i'll get you know in the top 100 but i just don't just can't get quite that far you kind of have almost a perfect week like you just lose a couple of points and then it, you're done <laughs> like, yes okay in
0: fact it, nowadays it may actually require a perfect week like my guild has discussed that as well but um yeah there there'll be like a lot of people in the top position and then one little mistake and all of a sudden you're like way far from the top That's yeah so
1: Yeah, you lose, like, one character, and you get 120 instead of 128 points, and then it's like you're done. It's like, oh man. Yeah, I I wish they would rebalance
0: it a little bit to make it more inclusive but still competitive. mm
1: -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I think it would be nice if they could at least have, like, the gold trophy be like the top 100. Cause that's more realistic to get as opposed to top 50. Cause like you said, you pretty much have to have a perfect round to get in there. And like, that doesn't make any sense that like, how do you get the one through 49? If, if like you just lose one character and then that's, that's the end of it. Like you should have be able to make at least two mistakes, two small mistakes, before you get kicked out of the top fifty, or, or at least you know what I mean. I don't know. That's just
0: It me. would be nice.
1: <laughs> oh, and well, just you know, to we... be clear, just yeah. to be clear, I keep I kept talking about using Baran, but I wasn't using Baran. I was using I was using Dragonoid Baran. Uh, that was the one that I used, and that's great because he's pretty powerful. He's not got the best defense, but he's kind of like my cleanup where all my quicker characters go in and attack and then he co- goes in last and gets whatever's left and he's got a wide range of attack uh, but he's yeah he's pretty cool and he's only like a 50 weight so that's good as well to take advantage of
0: yes i really like that because he is a pretty dang strong unit so
1: yeah he's fun and probably talk- the best probably the best dragon dragon character that we have right now
0: yes you're right and i i used crystals to awaken him so at least i've got the awakening on him it's nice nice, nice. so speaking of all this arena talk it's time for the TACT
1: tip of the week. Tip of the week. Today's tip of the week is all about those arena battles. That's right, tacticians. The lineups you have to fight in the arena can be tough, just like we were talking about. Did you know there are two methods to get easier opponents? Apparently so. The first method is to start the arena as soon as it opens, every Sunday night at
0: 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We say Pacific Standard Time... Because that's what the official game announcements do, although they typically botch Daylight Savings Time and it makes it kind of hard to know what time they're really talking about.
1: (laughs) If you start your battles right around the time the arena opens, you are guaranteed to get easy bot battles for all three fights and be set up with a bot battle for your first fight the next day.
0: I always enjoy that. Mm. And speaking of the next day's opponents, did you know the opponents you see after your third fight are guaranteed to be the first ones you face in the next day's battles.
1: Indeed, that's the case. You can preview who you fight the next day. Does the lineup look too tough? No problem. Just keep fighting opponents until you see what you like for the next day.
0: Yeah, the fights are not official at that point, so there's no penalty for losing, and you could even get some practice in. Why not?
1: Yeah, that's amazing. So that was our tact Tip of the Week. Tip of the Week. Now let's get into some die. Every week, we're going to review two episodes from the newest Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Dai Anime. In the future, we will also do reviews of the manga, upcoming Dai console news, and maybe even a little bit about the merchandise as well. Might even do some merchandise talk today.
0: Oh, boy. Sadly, neither of us plays the mobile game. And that's because we've got a life to lead, Cha-Cha. <laughs>
1: so episode three we'll start with that first we did one and two uh last podcast episode three is titled the Hero's tutor so a trainer of heroes named devon arrives to teach die how to become a hero himself so for this episode uh, a lot of interesting things happened uh i thought to, to start out with i thought it was very interesting how like uh as Hadler came into the island, all the monsters started to turn evil. Even Brass, Brass was Grandpa Brass was trying to fight it, but uh, Gomichan was the only one who didn't turn evil. He wasn't uh, affected by it whatsoever. He is truly one of a kind. Yeah, because I know uh, later on he's going to do some interesting things, which I won't go into because I don't want to spoil beyond what we're talking about today. Uh, and they don't where I'm at in the show they don't fully explain like why some of these things happen but yeah he has some special abilities that will continue to surprise as the show goes on it'll be it'll be cool um I also thought it was interesting it shows how a lot of the monsters in this world of die aren't inherently evil and it's really more about how Like the Dark Lords will come about and basically put them in a berserk state, and that's why they attack everybody and and, uh, help out the demons to to take over the world or or do whatever they're trying to go for. It's similar to the situation in uh, the beginning of Dragon Quest Heroes 1, if you remember that. Which is cool. Great game. Yeah, and I'll throw this up on the uh, YouTube version of the podcast for everyone to see this, but those close-ups of the berserk monsters charging die is (laughs) to me was nightmare fuel with those glowing red eyes i had forgotten how how creepy they they all looked yeah we're used to them being nice
0: and by the way when they first started going berserk die is riding on a ram raider are you familiar with that enemy (laughs) yeah yeah from i think he first
1: showed up in i want to say three maybe it's probably three do you remember if he's in 11 oh i don't think so no No, they're not.
0: Yeah, so it's nice to see a classic monster like that come to life in the anime.
1: Yeah, and... It's so goofy. But my favorite part of that episode is Avon running around, carving up the island, to set up his Glimmer spell. I really like that part of the episode. That is a really fun part. And by the
0: way, in the, the manga version of this, that part is, I mean, it's basically the same. But you know, the manga is normally black and white, but mm-hmm. I noticed that this particular scene, or this, you know, the, the manga part that corresponds with the episode, it's the first time they go into color and then they. Like it's only full color for a page or two, but then it switches to using black, white and red, which gives it a dash of color. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty cool looking for those parts that use it.
1: Yeah, I'm wondering how that is set up, because I know this manga was uh, initially published through Shonen Jump in Japan, so I don't know what their methods are when it comes to when they use color, when they use partial color, and things of that nature. Like if, like I was, we were talking about before, if this was like American comic strips in the paper, I could tell you why something's in color and why something is not. It's a weekday, it's a Sunday, whatever. But I don't know how that works with, with manga.
0: Yeah, and of course, I assume that it has to do with budget but yeah we don't know the exact details behind that and by the way so Avan comes and saves the day this is where we meet him and he's he's not in the anime for that long but he's still a really important character you know who casts a shadow over the course of the anime Mm -hmm. and i i noticed that in the comic and the original anime that before Oven gets there there's there's a scene in Popnika kingdom like we see all hell breaking loose in Popnika kingdom oh, that's right yeah and uh and then you've got a scene with Oven sleeping in his bed and Pop comes and wakes him up and he's acting like it's all dire but um you know Oven's kind of like calm and collected about it and that's not in the new anime although the new anime does uh, kind of show them like on a ship leaving Popnika. So, similar just a little bit of a different interpretation. Mhm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably probably part of that pacing too. And sometimes, you know, like you just pointed out, s- similar scenes will just happen in different locations.
0: Yeah, which can be fun to observe if you happen to experience the different versions of the show or whatever.
1: Yeah, cuz we were talking about last time about the the fight with the, uh the monsters in the capsules and like how in the the first anime they fight in the and I think in the manga too they fight in the the courtyard of of Rome of Rome what is the name of the the king the kingdom I, fr- I forget not but Pat- anyway guy okay. Not Papnika. It's the other one that starts with an R. But anyways, they're fighting in the courtyard of that castle, and that's interesting. But they made it even more interesting in the new anime where they're fighting on the boat, especially when, they, like I was saying before, the green dragon just kind of falls from the air and almost crashes the boat over to the side. So cool stuff like that. Yes. That was nice and dynamic of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, something I, I also thought was pretty hilarious was how, like, when Yvonne is introducing himself, he pulls out, like, this little scroll. And this, he pulls out, like, these credentials of, like, you know, hey, this, you know, I'm for real. I'm not just some kind of scammer <laughs> which they've run into before <laughs> if you think about it oh yeah uh, you're but, right yeah yeah so and he's like it is in the it subtitles to scroll what it says and it says like i can train a hero a 15 year veteran of the trade and it's so funny to to see that it's a goofy stuff like that i, I like about Avon sometimes and
0: speaking of which here's another comparison to the old anime because i find those really interesting so bear with me but this exact same scene it's a little bit longer in the in the original anime like You know, he pulls out the scroll and all that, but he goes into a bit of a longer presentation about his tutoring, you know, like he's trying (laughs) to sell himself. And, uh, you know, he's doing all these these funny poses like, um, I don't know, like a military guy might do or something, you know, like a, a general or whatever. And behind him, Pop has erected like a a banner, you know, like a a full height banner behind him. Yeah. So he's just like really adding to the presentation. And then as soon as he finishes, Pop rolls it right up and puts it away. So that's really cute.
1: That's nice. That's nice. I also love the, uh, the Dragon Quest reference of Gargoyle A and Gargoyle B that's plastered on their foreheads. So it's like in the games where if you have enemies that are the same, they'll be like, oh, it's Slime A and Slime B and Slime C. So I loved how they threw that joke in there into the anime. And I also love how they use Fizzle in that episode too. The gargoyles use Fizzle on the episode. And fun fact, they actually cast fizzle in the games too. Now, I could be wrong, but I would bet a detail like that is where Yuji Hori's supervision would come into play. Cause if you remember, if you look at the manga, he's credited with being a uh being a supervisor on the whole project. So he that might have been something that he threw in, like, hey, we could do that. I mean, I don't know, maybe it was the the comic the manga creator but maybe that has a little bit of yuji hori going in there who knows it's certainly an element
0: of true authenticity and mm-hmm. speaking of those gargoyles do you remember how the the first gargoyle pop burn pop casts what is it frizz on it Ka- Ka-
1: Ka- frizz. Ka- frizz. Ka- frizz.
0: there you go yeah and do you remember how the second one was defeated
1: in the in which version uh,
0: well <laughs> i mean it's it's similar in both but okay it, yeah in the new anime you know dai simply comes in he does a, a slash in it yes doing what is he doing he's doing wave slash without knowing it right exactly yeah it cuts it in half and it also cuts through the water it's a cool quick dramatic moment well in the original it's a bit darker because Die does yeah. the slash and the gargoyle he's like you missed you know and he acts oh, like nothing's right. wrong then we see the water part behind him <laughs> and then he splits apart so it's like yeah doesn't know. he
1: does he try to keep himself together too i can't remember if he does that Oh, no, he doesn't actually do that. He oh, he doesn't do pushed. that? I couldn't remember if he does that or not, because it's been a while since I've seen that. Yeah,
0: and by the way, when his body splits apart, there, there's no guts or anything. And, and in fact, it's black on the inside, which is something that I had thought they only do with newer Because, you know, newer are not as happy about showing gore you know like dragon ball z kai and and even die sometimes they're they kind of reduce the blood and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. violence compared to older animes but even in the older one it's it's just like black with no features in inside of his body
1: gotcha yeah because uh a lot of times can, the original anime and in the manga to a certain extent as well like it gets a lot more gory than the new anime does they they tone down the new anime a bit because i remember when the especially when the the fake party of heroes in the first few episodes when they start attacking the monsters like when you see that in the original anime like it's like it's kind of gory and you see people like cut in half and stuff and like and i was like oh my god this is a kid's a kid show but then i re- remembered that japan is a completely different culture and they were cool cool with it but still these days they're they're not quite as gory when it comes to comes to the show they tone it down a, a bit
0: <laughs> indeed like that part you were describing it you could think that they the monsters just got knocked over like you don't know that they're they're actually being killed sometimes.
1: Right, right. Oh, another thing I liked about the episode was I like the voice actor for Yvonne. like his voice quality mixed with how he delivers the line is very entertaining and it fits the character very very well in my mind. It's kind of like his voice is kind of like soothing yet full of confidence and strength and you know like a little bit of playfulness playfulness at, at times depending on what the scene calls for. <laughs>
0: if you like him so much, why don't you marry him?
1: Well, maybe I will.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so another great thing that's uh, introduced in this episode is that we alluded to earlier is Avon Strash. So that is formally introduced into the episode. Uh, I really like the look of this attack, which is good since it does become one of the signature attacks of the series. And for those who don't know, Strash is bit in the Avon Strash is basically taking the word strike and slash and combining them together. That's what they do.
0: Strash just rolls right off the tongue,
1: doesn't it? Exactly.
0: <laughs> Sounds super great in English.
1: Uh, yeah, and it's something I'm sure they were—they're not concerned with whatsoever because not at all. not so yeah, because I remember when the. The video, the console game was first announced, and it uses "trash" in the name, and people were making fun of it, it's like "What's this? This is trash!" blah blah blah. And I was like, y- "You don't, you don't know what it really stands for. It's just, it, trust me, it's, it's okay." Little did
0: <laughs> we know that our ridiculing of the name would lead to the game never coming out. Oh no! <laughs>
1: At
0: least yeah, they keep it delaying <laughs> it.
1: They keep delaying it. Like they had that last major delay. Uh, they said that. They didn't think that the graphical presentation was up to the standard that it should be, so they went back and wanted to work on it more. So that's why they said the last delay was in place. And just use so. the Heroes 2 engine. That game looked great. <laughs> it did. And like they did, uh, they showed like a little demo reel of die fighting Crocodine in the game, and it looked pretty good, I thought. So I don't know. Oh well. But One also day. in the episode, I love the. Uh, How they use the basic slashes that lead up to the Yvonne Strash. You've got like the earth, the water and the Air Slash, and they're kind of like the Dragon Quest armamentalist magic sword attacks. So I wonder if that's what inspired some of that in Dragon Quest later on, or if that's just a coincidence. Because it's not like they invented magic sword attacks. There's other things that have done it before, but I'm just wondering if that's related at all.
0: It's always cool when there's some overlap, and it had me thinking, like, hey, we don't actually have Earth magic intact, do we? Mm,
1: Party Time Juliante does an Earth attack, but I don't think it has... It doesn't actually have, like, an Earth element tied to it.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I've heard... Though I can't verify this, that some elements of Die were used in later Dragon Quest games, that's something I'll have to research later on to see if that's actually true. You'd better. <laughs> so another thing I liked about this episode is a, a Pop secretly watching the harder training. That was I thought that was amusing too. Like he doesn't want to do the harder training, he just wants to do the regular training. But he's cu- very curious about Die, so he keeps spying on him. And as Avon, you know puts it later on that it's kind of something that he's glad that he's doing because it's it means he's taking more of an interest in his training in general something that he was kind of slacking on before as as he uh, as he said As he was talking to Grandpa Brass.
0: It's interesting. Pop just pop has some character growth to to go through. Right. Mm -hmm. So initially he's not as dedicated as you might expect. And he's a bit lazy. Like in fact, he reminds me of American public school students, but, (laughs) but yeah, um, he gets, you know, he's a bit jealous of die, you know, like he sees that die is accomplishing all these things and maybe he's getting attention, but certainly just that he's going through things so fast and it, it makes it results in him trying a little bit harder and, In fact, in the original anime, there's a little bit of extra dialogue where Pop points out that, you know, like that he likes that. um, I'm sorry, that often points out that Pop is going. Through these extra efforts, you know, like it's mentioned mm-hmm. in both, but he just talks about a little more, which is cool.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I would say that Pop probably has the the most amount of character growth throughout the anime that I've seen so far. And you'll see where because he hasn't hit rock bottom yet either. Like True. there's some things that we'll talk about in later episodes where we're going to be like, woo, Pop, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> For real. But uh, oh, another Great Dragon Quest reference that I loved in this episode that was at the end of it was Puff. That was great to see that uh, Dragon Quest skill here. Like the when you uh, do the spell Puff, you turn into a dragon. So Avon uses it and he turns into a dragon to do some intense training with Die. And he kind of looks like the, if you're familiar with the Professor Saurus from Dragon Quest XI. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's a nod to Yvonne's dragon form. Because uh, in... Uh, 11 that if you remember the professor Saurus is his dragon it has little spectacles like Yvonne does and it usually has like a little teacher outfit and stuff like that. So I don't know if that's a coincidence or not. That, that'd that be fun. if it was a, a nod to Avon.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know that I know we've been chatting with one of our friends a little bit about spell names and things like that. And mm-hmm. uh, Puff is an interesting spell name because well, it changes the, the person who casts it into a dragon and it, You know, you have to realize that it's making a reference to Puff the Magic Dragon because like Puff on its own does not sound like something relating to dragons unless you know of the song. Right. And then it's like, oh, that's what they're doing. And in the in the Japanese version, the name of the spell, it's like it's the word dragon plus some extra syllables added to it, you know, like sort of like dragonoid or whatever. Like it to me, that's more intuitive. But, you know, the the Dragon Quest translators like to make jokes out of things. And so, yeah, they turn into a little joke there. Puff, puff pass. <laughs> also, speaking of which, in, for that scene, Alvin asks um, asks Brass if there's somewhere more isolated that they can do this next bit of training, right? Mm-hmm. So he takes him off somewhere. In the new anime, he takes him to what looks like sort of a – I don't know. There's like an arch and uh, just some mount- a mountainous area, you know, like there's some mountainy walls. yeah. Yeah, but in the manga and the original anime, he actually takes Die into a cave. So, That's right. Yeah, this is one of those instances of just changing the location. And in this case, I don't think the new show does it to condense things. I think they just did it for stylistic reasons.
1: Yeah, th- I think that like like we kind of pointed out with like Yvonne being in the boat as opposed to Avon being in the town like it's for for some time sometimes it's not just trying to move things along sometimes it's just like hey let's try a different location for this scene just for the, for the heck of it yeah, spices it up a little bit yeah exactly oh yeah and by the way this is one episode that we've been talking
0: about of the new anime but just like last week um, in the original anime two episodes so things are the pace is a lot different but still a good pace in the new show Mm-hmm. now then let's talk about episode four the Dark Lord Hadler's Return. In this episode, we are going to see Die continue with his training, uh, and of course we will see Hadler come in and wreck shop.
1: <laughs> That's for sure. And you know, I don't remember if this is in the manga or the first anime, but the shot of Hadler where he's standing on the water right before he decides to go to the island and you see some of the water like turn into steam was a very cool establishing shot that they did for the new anime. Nice. Well, in
0: the other versions, we do meet him in the water, but mm-hmm. there's also a, a little fishing boat with two fishermen on it. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah. And they've already it's, noticed some ominous signs. Yeah. With the, the sky and everything. Then they know notice Hadlar and they
1: foolishly attract his attention and he kills him dead before <laughs> approaching the island. You know, I forgot about that, and that's going to go against a point I'll bring up later, but I'll remember that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it that's establishes okay. him as a cruel, immediate threat, I would say. So it, It's in a way, it's too bad they took it out. But if they want the tone to be a little bit lighter, then it makes sense to leave it out.
1: And to be honest with you, and I'll explain more about this later, but I think that is good for his character um, based off what they'll do with it later. Do they – does he go after those fishermen in the manga? I can't remember. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I flipped through it earlier. Oh, yeah, there it is. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> he certainly does. He's just like, what are you guys doing? Goodbye. <laughs> yep,
0: and it's a shame. They didn't do anything to him. But you're right. Leaving it out does allow him to become a more sympathetic character later at times.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, So, oh. This is probably this is probably my favorite part of this episode is that uh seeing Gomechan he gets all uh panicky when uh Avon turns into a dragon so he goes to find Pop and so Pop is like hey what's going on why are you panicking why well, I don't understand I don't understand Gomechan speak so he <laughs> turns into like a little Avon uh figure like he can kind of morph his body into look like a little Avon head and then he's like, oh, Okay, Avon. So it's something about Avon. And then he turns into like a little morphs into like a little yellow Avon dragon to explain what's going mm-hmm. on to pop, which I found I found was absolutely adorable. It was great.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if i've seen him do that again later in the series although i'm not as far as you are but it, yeah at least right then we learned that he has
1: ways of communicating with people who don't understand monster speak mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i really like the design for hadler uh when he's in the cape and when he takes the cape out cape off to to be more serious about the fight like i thought the the character design for hadler was pretty cool i liked it
0: yeah he's a really cool character in general
1: yeah, yeah. And then there's that big reveal as uh, Avon tells everyone that, hey, you know what? I am the previous hero that defeated Hadler. Hadler basically gives it away, but he, he you <laughs> know, says like, yup, yeah, that's what happened. And even Pop didn't even, you know, Pop didn't even know about it. Like he had kept that from Pop as well. And he'd been training under him for about a year.
0: That's right. And Brass Brass knew of an Avon who did that, but he hadn't mm-hmm. made the connection yet.
1: Yeah, he, he like once they, they talk about it more and Hadler gives it away and then and then Yvonne is like, oh, yeah. yeah. And, then, oh, and then and then like Grandpa Brass is like, oh, oh, my God, you're the Yvonne, you're the hero. You're the one that <laughs> beat up Hadler and saved the day, you know, back, you know, back long ago. Indeed, oh, and should. then the fights I really liked. And this is this is something that you saw a little bit before earlier in the series and you'll see more as the series goes on but like it, it's a little obvious that they do use CGI to augment a lot of the spell elements when they're casting spells, boom, sizz and fizz and whatever. But what? I think it they they do it see you didn't you didn't even you couldn't even tell. So that's <laughs> they they, do, they blend it very well. And I think it how they do it look it looks just amazing. I like how they they blend the two elements together. It looks really good.
0: Yeah, man. I thought that that boom was
1: all natural. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I, I had to to break that to you. Thanks, my heart. <laughs> okay. Oh, the uh, oh, what something I thought that looked amazing was so Avon. I think I forget if it's sizz or Cus that I think that's what he cast on Hadler, and then like Hadler's on fire, and all of a sudden you see like you hear this demonic laughing and then you see hadler through the fire but he looks all like super demonic kind of warped through the the fire that's you know all he around does. him yeah. and i thought that was very impressive looking i like that
0: yes it was very dramatic
1: and then hadlar
0: yeah. goes on to cast his right back at him but perhaps mm-hmm. stronger
1: mm-hmm. and then he's like wow how'd you get so strong I don't I don't understand. <laughs> but uh, so when he takes off the cape and you see that, like, he's a kind of a, a dark elf and they go on to explain. I know they go on to explain later in the show that he is a dark elf. And that is basically what the character that Pizarro is in Dragon Quest IV that would come out shortly after the manga started. So I wonder if there's some, some kind of comparison with that. Like they like maybe the creators of dra- Dragon Quest, they're like, oh, hey, you know, this dark elf Hadler, he looks pretty cool. Why don't we make Pizarro a dark elf as well? I maybe there's no connection there, but who knows? <laughs> Good question. But isn't Saro's humanoid form not green? No, no, no. Yeah, it's a different color scheme for sure. Like it's gotcha. a completely different look, but it's the same type of uh, same, same type basic of race. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah. Although he says Darkling, right? Isn't that what they say in the new anime?
1: Oh, you know what? That might that might be that might be right. I'm, I might be thinking of like maybe that's what they call them in the the subtitles for the, the first anime. So I, I could be off on that.
0: Yeah, good question, because I didn't quite get to that episode in the original anime, but that's all right.
1: Yeah, yeah. but I mean, they, they got they both got pointy ears. They're
0: elf elfish, you know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, during during this fight, it comes out. Oh, yeah. Um, as I'm sure you enjoyed the Padlar, he offers half the world to Ava. And that's an exciting moment.
1: Oh, that was great. I was like, oh, you just went there. <laughs> you did you went full Dragon Quest one. That was great. Classic was, reference. Yes. That was uh that was <laughs> and then oh and Yvonne has the best comeback for it too. Because yes. Avon says, you know what? you're no longer the guy in charge. It's Dark King Vern, because that's who Hadler says, like, you know, it's not me pulling the strings anymore. It's this Dark King Vern guy. <laughs> and Avon is like, uh, you know what? You probably don't have the authority to give me half the world, even if you wanted to. So, you know what? No, that's, I'm good. That yeah, and worry. Hadlar hates that. <laughs> he gets so pissed off. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: Oh, what I thought was very uh, cool, too, the way Hadler was in that fight. So he takes an Avon Strash head-on, basically to kind of test out his new power because he like takes it and he's like oh hey look my new my new body new powers that did not uh, get me like it did before and this is kind of like in line with how he fights throughout the series in like one-on-one battles in the future and usually and this is basically why the fisherman thing kind of ruined my theory because usually he doesn't just kill for the sake or the fun of killing true um he lets pop because you know in the episode like he lets pop and die go uh, at first, he's like, Yeah, initially, he's like, Yeah, you, you guys are important. You guys can go ahead. I, I got bigger fish to fry. I don't care. I'm just here for Yvonne. And and Pop is like, Thank you. Thank you. And he's, he's like, or, Sorry, sorry, or whatever he says. And then he, let him go until he realizes you know that Dai is a lot stronger than he thought he was because he did that very cool like one finger block when Dai tried to attack him with the papnika knife oh yeah and then <laughs> he didn't realize until later he's like oh my god you actually cut me like you you might be uh, something i have to worry about later on so i'm gonna blast you too and that's so the way he acts in the episode at least in the new anime because they don't so he doesn't blast the fishermen it, it's kind of character foreshadowing for how he is later in the series yeah, so perhaps that's actually an improvement, or at least it makes the arc a little smoother, right?
0: Yeah, but, exactly.
1: It makes it yeah. make more sense in the in later on, where you, where you see him kind of evolve himself.
0: Yeah, and it is cool how he he powers up throughout the show,
1: kind of Dragon mm-hmm. Ball like, which makes sense for the Dragon Quest property. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And at very end of the very end of the episode, you know, when uh, Hadler is like, you know what? You know what, I need to take you out too. Then that's when Avon steps in and he goes in between the spell and to protect Di and Pop and he gets a big shot to the back. And that's how the end of the up and the episode so he's not in good shape probably after taking that very heroic of him mm-hmm. so that was episode four so before we wrap things up i thought i would talk about a little bit of dye uh, merchandise that i got recently okay so one of the things that i just got was i got this bam uh, figure and it's not her early form where she has the gun but it's actually when she class changes later on In the show into what I won't say since we haven't gotten that far yet, but it's a nice I'll have it on the YouTube version if you if you want to see it uh, in our YouTube version of the podcast. But uh, it's one of those uh, premium figures that you can get in the claw the claw games that they have in Japan, those are super oh, popular that. in Japan, and they have like ones – they have like regular ones that are like little cheap toys, but they have like premium figures and stuff like that too. And there's a lot of Dragon Quest merchandise that they uh, make just for those claw games, and they make fig- they make nice figures just for the claw games, and she's one of them. So I was able to buy that off a, a – uh, basically Mercati, Mercati, I think is where I got it, which is basically kind of like a Japanese eBay, um, but f- that uh, is also in English that you can take advantage of.
0: How cool. And it's nice to hear that you've graduated to buying clothed mom figures now.
1: <laughs> yeah, nice joke there, buddy. Yeah, I'm not I'm not that kind of figure collector because they, they get crazy with the figures over there in Japan. It's like, ugh, okay. <laughs> so they do. <laughs> but yeah, I don't I don't have any of those. But uh and then I also got uh volume two of or book two of the manga now that we're getting these in english that came in uh right around the street date which was may 10th and i found out something very interesting about ordering these books is that initially I had them all previewed or not previewed, uh, pre-ordered through Amazon. I think you can order the first four or five books uh, through Amazon. And but then I found out from other people at the Dragon's Den that there's other places, other bookstores that just decide, hey, you know what street date? What's a street date? We're just going to put it out early. We don't care (laughs) who's (laughs) going to stop us. Yeah, who's going to stop us? Barnes & Noble, that's that's who it is. So I, um, I, did, I waited for my Amazon order on book two to come in, but I canceled all my other pre-orders with Amazon, and now I went with Barnes & Noble pre-orders. So uh, I saw people that were getting it like a week ahead of the street date, and I was like, oh, you know what? That sounds great. So I'll go ahead and go with Barnes & Noble. Same price, free shipping. I was like, yeah, that sounds good. Lucky them. Mm-hmm. So uh, any uh, final thoughts? Oh, you know what? Sorry. Before I get into that, one last thing. I also ordered – I haven't gotten it yet, but I also ordered the Dragon Crest set. It's a set of three books, and they're all art books. One book is like a sketchbook of like early sketches of when they were, you know, designing all the characters for the manga. And then one of them is an uh, art book which has all of the jump cover – or the uh, – Shown in jump covers, it has like interviews and little specials that they did from the artist and from the writer, and then like the final one is just like a straight up uh, book of art that the uh, that the artist did for the different characters and things of that nature. So it's I have that coming in the mail. Uh, found it on sale through Mercati. wasn't too expensive, so I ended up getting that too. So I'll talk about that once I get it in a future episode.
0: Cool. You'll have to share a link for that as well.
1: Oh, I will. Uh, so. Any uh, final thoughts before we wrap it up? Sure. I have one more little little comparison to make
0: Mm. between episode four of the new anime and the other versions. And that is, you know, the fight between Dai and the dragon form of Avon. Well, the the fight always ends with Dai getting in a good hit on the dragon's nose, and that causes him to (laughs) change back into his human form, right? Yeah. Well... In the in the new anime, like, his his nose is sore, and Pop offers to cast crack to, you know, to soothe him or whatever. And then mm-hmm. he says, well, maybe we should have Dai do it, because he knows that Dai can only make tiny little bits of ice. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, he makes, like, a just a hunk of ice and holds it against his nose, right? Mm-hmm. But in the classic anime, he simply asks Pop for a Band-Aid and puts a Band-Aid on his nose, and then he's wearing that, so... <laughs>
1: I remember that yeah amusing yeah, different little band yeah
0: yeah and then everybody laughs at, at how silly he looks and they laugh for quite <laughs> a while
1: <laughs> the big the big anime laugh you know, or laughing <laughs> there you <laughs> go <laughs> we're gonna laugh a little bit too long <laughs> let's keep going <laughs> and so on
0: well then that's all for this episode of slime time tactfully die if you want to prepare for the next episode be sure to watch episodes 5 and 6
1: of the current Adventure of Die anime on Crunchyroll. We don't use Patreon, but if you do have any money that is just completely strashing in your wallet, pouch, bottomless bag, treasure chest, pot, barrel, safe, or even searchable wall sack, and you would like to donate anything to a website that's been supporting Dragon Quest fans for over 20 years, stop by the Dragon's Den at www.woodis.com dot com slash den and click on support this site. Woodis has owned and maintained the Dragon's Den DQ fan site for decades. He personally edits every YouTube version of our podcast and he fully appreciates any donations to help him keep the servers running.
0: The Dragon's Den website also features an Amazon affiliate link. If you click the link and then make a purchase, the
1: small fraction of the sale will go to support the den. doesn't cost you anything. Not even a piece of your soul. <laughs> if you have any comments or questions for the Dragon Quest Slime Time podcast, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at DQ Slime Time.
0: And you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash eastxtwitch. Come watch me play a variety of games every Saturday, kids. Getting back to Dragon Quest, consider joining in tons of DQ discussions at the Dragon's Den forums one of the few remaining forums. Find it from the Dragon's Den main page or at woodis.com forums. You can also find us and other rabid Dragon Quest fans through the Dragon Questers and Dragon Quest Tact global Facebook groups. We'd love to see you there.
1: Or come hang out with us and tons of other hardcore Dragon Quest fans on the officially unofficial Dragon's Den Discord server. We'd like to thank everyone that made this possible, including Pendy, Woodis, the Dragon's Den, and Weird Al Yankovic. Another one rides the bus. <laughs> and a special thanks to Platy for helping me out with our rotating podcast logo. Please like, subscribe, and write a review for the podcast. We'd be so grateful. For more Dragon Quest Slime Time, check out our library of episodes on Dragons Den, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Audible, YouTube, and more. Bye, everybody. Don't hate. Appreciate. Time to zoom on out of here.